You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Good morning. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we're going to be in, starting at verse 37, once we get there. But uh, typically when I teach a month, I usually have the whole month kind of thought out. The Lord's given me stuff for all four weeks. So at this point in the month, I really only have this week and next week, which is kind of, for me, I feel like I'm behind, but the Lord just hasn't given to me the, the subjects we're supposed to talk on. But I do know... You know, Lord willing, for these uh, first two weeks, what we're going to talk on. You know, one of the things that Jesus talked a lot on, or spoke a lot to, was a group of people called the Pharisees, as we all know. Right? Jesus had a lot of dealings with the Pharisees in the New Testament. There's probably not a group of people more often mentioned that Jesus had conflict or discussion with in the Gospels than the Pharisees. It almost seems at times that the Pharisees were gluttons for punishment, so to speak, in their dealings with Jesus, that they, that they couldn't understand when they were beaten, they couldn't understand when they just needed to shut up and go away. But, you know, it gave Jesus lots of opportunities to talk to the Pharisees. And it seems sometimes like Jesus might have even loved these confrontations that he had with the Pharisees. And I don't think he loved necessarily the confrontation with the Pharisees, but Jesus still came to the Pharisees knowing that they were in need of the same thing that we all are in need of, and that is repentance and forgiveness and salvation. So that's where, you know, Jesus, even though he seemed like he might have loved it, I think it more as he loved them, and he wanted to speak into their hearts and hoped that they would understand and receive the message that he had for them. You know, Jesus' mission was often stated that he didn't call the righteous, but he called sinners to repentance. And all of us in every stage of our life, we are in need of being called to repentance in some area in our life. We are in need of turning away from some area where, whether it's minor, we consider minor, or whether it's a major area, we all need to come to that first aspect of repentance where we understand we are a sinner before God and need to receive Jesus as our Savior. So we are all in need of repentance, just as the Pharisees were in need of repentance. And that was Jesus' mission, and it's still his mission today, that sinners would come to repentance. You know, the problem with the Pharisees, though, and why they had so much confrontation was because the Pharisees were fully convinced in their heart that not only were they righteous in their own heart, that they were righteous, that they were righteous individuals, but they were convinced that they were the ones who knew what was good, what was right, what was the truth, and they were convinced in their minds that they were the only ones that knew the truth, and they were incorrect in that assumption. And their form of righteousness that they had, their form of righteousness that they considered to be the only good thing, was all geared towards the outside. All geared towards this outward show of how righteous they were. They didn't have any regard for what was going on inside of them, in their heart. They didn't care about those things. So all this focus on the outside caused the Pharisees to be hypocritical, judgmental, 
And this is where we get, you know, the phrase that is often thrown around in fundamental circles of being, you know, somebody can accuse you of being pharisaical because you've got that hypocritical, judgmental attitude. But, you know, that phrase in and of itself is something that really we can't ever call somebody. Because the only way you can see if someone is a Pharisee is if you can look in their heart and see. So Jesus knew the hearts of the Pharisees. Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Jesus knew what was going on truly on the inside. We cannot know what's going on inside the heart of anybody except for ourselves. And even then, our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. So here in Luke 11, though, we find an account that starts with a Pharisee being upset because Jesus did not wash his hands before eating. He didn't wash his hands before eating. Now, th this got the Pharisees all upset because it violated their tradition. It violated this thing that they considered so sacred that a person needs to wash their hands. And now I agree, people need to wash their hands before eating. But this was, in the Pharisees' mind, something determined whether or not a person actually was a good person or righteous or did what was right is whether or not they wash their hands. And I may have to agree with them in some aspects. No, not really. But you should wash your hands before you eat. That's the only smart thing to do. But, you know, another thing that I noticed here that maybe for us Baptists and us, you know, fundamental Christians is it doesn't mention in the scripture that Jesus prayed before eating. So how would that sit with us if we look at it in our own day today, if we are sitting next to a person who claims to be a Christian or we know and we see them start eating their food without praying, what would that do in our own mind? Would that cause us to be judgmental in, in judging this person next to us because they did not pray, even though it doesn't say in the scripture that you have to pray before you eat? I, I can't find it. I mean, it's not saying it's a bad thing to pray before you eat, but it's something that we have brought on as tradition that isn't necessarily spelled out in scripture that just as the Pharisees did, we have to be careful that we don't become ju judgmental and hypocritical in our judgment of others in their tradition that we consider. So let's read Luke chapter 11. We'll start in verse 37. And we'll read all the way down through the end of the chapter, verse 54. I don't think we're going to cover the whole chapter today, but we'll at least read the passage so we have a good understanding. It says in verse 37, As he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, did not he that make that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint, and rue all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye love the uppermost seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Then answered one of the lawyers, and said unto him, Master, Thus saying, thou reproachest us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens, grievous to be borne. And ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Verse 47, Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. 
Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, which perished between the altar and the temple, verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, ye lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray that you would bless the reading of your word this morning, Lord. I pray that you would bless the teaching this morning, Lord. Help it to be your words and not mine, Lord. I pray that you would just speak into our hearts. Show us areas, Lord, that we need to get right with you. Lord, that we need to repent of. Lord, that we would not be like the Pharisees. Lord, but that we would be truly righteous from our heart, Lord, and that only that's a work that you can do in us. Lord, I pray that you would do that work this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So here in Luke chapter 11, verse 37 through 54, we find the Pharisees' focus being on the outside. No thought for the inside. To the men, the Pharisees appeared to be generous, pious individuals. They appeared to be the upper class of the upper class as far as their generosity and their spirituality was concerned. But Jesus said that inside, inside where it matters, they were full of ravening, robbery, and greed. To men, it appeared that the Pharisees were righteous. They were teachers of the law. They were righteous. They followed the law. That's what it appeared to men. But Jesus knew their hearts, that as a collective body of the Pharisees, that they were not righteous, that they were full of wickedness. Now, Jesus didn't break this down to the individual level when he talks about the Pharisees as a group. And we know that there were certain Pharisees in this group who were righteous. For one, being Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night, knowing that Jesus was the Messiah. So Jesus encompasses this whole group of Pharisees as being the epitome of putting on a show for others, even though their hearts were not clean. And Jesus specifically addressed this issue in verse 41 of this chapter. He says, But rather give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Now alms are those things that we give to those in need, give to the poor, those, those gifts to those who we find less fortunate than ourselves. He tells the Pharisees, here in this passage, which may be a little bit confusing at first, to give alms of the things that they have. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. Can we give alms of the things we don't have? I mean, it's hard to give of something you don't have. So what is Jesus specifically saying here in this, in this verse where he says, give alms of the things you don't, that you have? You know, Jesus knew in their heart that they were full of greed. As Jesus can see in their hearts, he can see into our hearts as well. Whereas we cannot see into each other's hearts. Jesus knew they were full of greed. So he went straight to the heart issue of why they were actually taking offense to others doing good things. Because the Pharisees never did good from their heart. See, the Pharisees did good by giving out their money to the poor and by pretending to care for the poor. But in their hearts, they had no desire to do good for the poor. And you can see that as Jesus healed the sick, as Jesus brought the lame to walk, now, they didn't care about the lame walking. They didn't care about the sick being healed. They, if, they truly, if they truly cared about the poor, that is the thing that they would care about. But Jesus knew their heart, and he said, you don't care about the poor from your heart, but if you did, then these gifts that you are giving to the poor would be clean. So their gifts were gifts out of covetousness. 
They were covetous of the praise of men as they gave their gifts to the poor. And they would give their gifts to the poor so that others could see them giving their gifts to the poor or giving their gifts to the temple, giving their tithes and their offerings. That is what they were desirous of. They weren't desirous of seeing the poor lifted up out of their poverty. They were desirous of other men to see them and think that they were good and righteous. So Jesus is telling him, these gifts you are giving are unclean because it's not being given from our heart, from their heart. And how often do we sometimes get into that same trap where we're giving, not necessarily to be seen of men, but we're giving out of duty and not actually giving from our heart in a form of worship to the Lord or giving from our heart to others to see them benefit from our gift and see them uplifted. See, we have to be careful we don't fall in the same category as the Pharisees in that category. So Jesus is telling the Pharisees that if you give from your heart, your gift will be clean. But if it is not from your heart, if it's given out of hypocrisy, if it's given out of you know, this desire to receive praise, then it's not a clean gift. And what is Jesus is telling the Pharisees is not just for them. How often do we see the issues or the needs of those less fortunate of us, whether spiritual or physical, and you know, maybe even if they are deserving, you know, the need that they are in is something that we think they have caused on themselves, something that they have brought upon themselves, and that we don't help them or we help them out of an attitude of pride as opposed to an attitude of seriously desiring to see them brought to repentance or brought out of their poverty to grow in their spirituality, grow in their spiritual life. You know, this wasn't Jesus' view of men. He saw their hearts. He knew the wickedness of men's hearts. And he loved them through repentance. He knew the poverty of men. He knew how men, you know, we are so prone to bring ourselves into poverty. And we can see that in our nation today as our, you know, the people in our government are trying to bring us into poverty. We are so prone to go into poverty rather than living in, in freedom as God desires us to do so. You know, Jesus knew their hearts. And he loved them, wanting them to repent. So we often look at those things and those with sin in their lives and go straight to the condemnation of their sin. We go straight to condemning them for their sin without first giving alms of the things that we have. In other words, giving out of our heart, trying to see them grow in the Lord, trying to bring them to repentance. First we go to condemnation, which turns them away Sometimes they reject our offer of helping them in their spiritual walk or in our offer of helping them come to financial stability because we have come at them with the wrong attitude. We are not cleaned our own hearts first. And that is what Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about in this area. And, you know, sometimes we know that our, our work of love may go on and become unfruitful. You know, there's people that are going to reject the work that we are trying to do, the, the teaching that we are trying to give to them. You know, just as Jesus knew that his work that he was trying to do in the Pharisees' hearts was something that was going to be rejected, that was something that was not going to go over well, we can't look at that aspect of it. We have to do what Jesus has commanded us to do and do it from the goodness of our heart that Jesus has put there, that righteousness of our heart. Good, not out of attitude of covetousness or hypocrisy, but out of the goodness of our heart. So here in this passage... Jesus tells the Pharisees six woes. Now you can find a comparable passage to this in Matthew chapter 23. And in that passage, Jesus actually issues eight woes to the Pharisees. So I'm going to give you six woes here, kind of limit the damage a little bit. Plus, I don't know that I could cover eight woes very shortly, but we're going to take two weeks for the six woes. But this is the passage that the Lord laid on my heart. So first of all, the six woes of Luke 
chapter 11. Knowing the hearts of the people that were gathered together with him was comprised of the Pharisees and lawyers that we find in this passage. Jesus issued these six woes. And the woes were not just to condemn the Pharisees. They weren't just to condemn them, but to bring them to that state of repentance. We are not exempt, as we have mentioned, from falling into that same attitude that the Pharisees were. By holding on to our sin, holding on to our iniquity, appearing to be clean on the outside, but inwardly we're dead. So let's look at these six woes in this chapter and make sure we are clean on the inside as well as on the outside. Again, we'll just go through the first three this week where Jesus talks to the Pharisees specifically. You find he gives three woes to the Pharisees, then three woes to the lawyers in verse 46 through 52. So we'll look at the three woes that he gives to the Pharisees this week. So the first thing we need to look at, though, is we just need to consider that word woe. Now, all of us know what the word woe means. We know that it means caution, you know, danger ahead. There is something in your way that's going to happen bad to you if you continue to go down this, this path. That is what Jesus is issuing to the Pharisees here. Woe unto you. Don't continue to go down this path or something bad will happen. Destruction will happen. Impending pain or distress is in your way if you continue down these paths. So Jesus issues these woes to the Pharisees and lawyers who are just responsible for directing the people in the right way to go. Telling them that if they did not change, trouble was right around the corner for them. You know, the Pharisees were human just like us. Sometimes we look at the, the people in the scripture, it's hard for us to humanize them, bring them to the level that they were actually men walking on the earth just like us, you know, open to the same passions, the same sins that we are today. And just as the Pharisees were fallen into their trap of hypocrisy and jealousy and all these greed, covetousness that Jesus points out to them, we are susceptible to falling into the same sins. Not necessarily the sin of rejecting Jesus like the Pharisees did. I mean, obviously the Pharisees rejected Jesus completely. I'm not saying that us as born or Christians can do that. But we can fall into these same judgmental attitudes, same hypocrisies that we have in our own life, cleaning the inside or cleaning the outside, but not making sure that the inside is right with the Lord. So, in Luke chapter 11, verse 42, we find the first woe that Jesus gives. It says, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint, and rue all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. So the first thing that Jesus lays out against the Pharisees is that they were great tithers. Now, in most pastors in a lot of churches in America today, if they had a group of people that were great tithers, I don't think they're going to stand up in the pulpit and say, oh, I'm condemning you for being great tithers. That's, you know, you don't, you don't find that. But Jesus, knowing the heart of men, he says, you're great tithers, and I'm going to actually issue you a condemnation for being such great tithers. Because, see, the Pharisees were tithing of these small things. The condiments, the flavoring, these things that, you know, were in such a minute detail that they were focused on this aspect so minutely. They took serious contemplation and dedication in order to tithe of these things. I'm sure that there's plenty of people in here that we've grown herbs. I know my wife grows herbs, and I have never seen any herbs in the offering plate. Never seen. I did see a piece of gold one time. I will say that. Somebody put a piece of gold in the offering plate. Somebody may be here, I don't know, but I saw a piece of gold in the offering plate one time. And that, you know, was kind of surprising. But 
I've never seen anybody put their herbs in the offering plate. Not like the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees were tithing of their herbs. You know, when we say, wow, such dedication. I mean, they're going to make sure that they do every letter of the law in order to make sure that they are right. But why were they doing that? You know, we essentially look at the gross amount on our paycheck and say, okay, that's, that's where we're going to tithe. We don't look at anything else. Not like the Pharisees were. Jesus warns them, though, because he knew their hearts. See, the Pharisees were looking at their tithing abilities and what they did to give their tithe and thinking that that dedication to giving was what mattered. And that dedication to giving is what mattered. And so that because they gave as they did, that made them righteous. That made them right before God. They thought that they were pure and clean and above reproach because of what they gave to the church or to the temple. Jesus doesn't tell them, though, that they shouldn't have tithe. He doesn't tell him here, don't tithe those things. He says, actually, you should have done those things. But what he's saying is, you left off some more important things. And how often is that for us, that we focus on these small areas, and we really hammer them home, but yet some other areas that are more consequential to us living a truly godly life, we leave off. We don't do them as we should Jesus doesn't tell them they shouldn't have tithed. In fact, he says they should have tithed those things. He doesn't refuse our worship if it's done in the right spirit. And we can never reach that point where we give God too much worship, right? We can never reach that point that we give too much worship to God. But the Pharisees were so intent on the letter of the statute that they overlooked the spirit of the law and the reason was given. Jesus tells them they were passing over judgment and justice, the love of God. They were passing over these things that were needful to the people. See, they were the ones that were in authority. And the people were in need of the Pharisees to have love and right judgment, to be just with the people. And the Pharisees were overlooking that, and they were hypocritical in their judgment. They were not loving in the way they treated the people. They, they didn't love, obviously they didn't love Jesus. They didn't love Jesus, in fact, they didn't love the people when Jesus healed them. See, see they'd given off these other things, because they were focused on what they were giving, thinking that what they were giving themselves made them right. They were thinking that incorrectly as well. They condemned others for their worship that was not to the level that they had. So if somebody didn't give to the level that the Pharisees gave, then they weren't worshiping as well as the Pharisees. They weren't as spiritual as the Pharisees were. Because others did not do as they did. They did not fulfill the law as the Pharisees did. Then they were not as spiritual as the Pharisees. They weren't just in their judgment of others. And their love, the love that they should have, the love of God, was not present in their hearts. So how about us? I mean, we need to make this ap applicable to ourselves as well. Do we think that by giving our money, by tithing, by giving even maybe to people in need, that it gives us the opportunity to be a jerk? <laughs> you know, sometimes we like to do that. Somebody needs money, and they ask us for money, we loan them some money, or we give it to them, and now you owe me. Now you owe me. And, you know, our, do we have that attitude that if we give to somebody, now they owe us, as the Pharisees did? That's not the right attitude. Do we treat others with justice, right judgment, or are we unequal in our dealings with others? Do we treat some fairly and some unfairly? See, this is what the Pharisees were finding themselves in the mix. And Jesus is saying, no, your tithing is good, but you need to do accurate judgment, accurate justice. You need to be fair in your judgment. 
So are we doing that? Are we judging others? Are we letting others, you know, get away with stuff that we're not letting some get away with? You know, we need to be right in our judgment. And we need to consider ourselves. As this Jesus issued this woe to the Pharisees, we need to consider ourselves and make sure that we don't fall in this same category. We need to turn away from this impending peril, this woe that is issued in verse 42. Now in verse 43, we find the second woe. The second woe. Woe unto you Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. This is where the Pharisees are thinking that they need to be important and that people need to understand that they're important and give them the respect that they need as being someone really important. So do we find ourselves in this aspect of the Pharisees as well? You know, do we understand how little respect we really deserve? I mean, none of us are deserving of any respect of men. Neither are we deserving of any respect of God. I mean, we, we are God's servants. We need to do what he has commanded us to do. We deserve, understand how little honor we deserve from others. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we, you know, get a high opinion of ourselves. And that's natural for humans to do. You know, can we look around and say, how the earth has been around, you know, civilization 6,000 years approximately. We might live 90 of those years. The overwhelming majority of people live a life that is unrecorded by history. Unrecorded by history. How many people have come and gone and history has no record of them, but God has a record. God knows what they have done for him. See, that is the thing that we should be focused on is what we can do for the Lord because he's the only one who keeps track of all history. You know, men, they don't, they don't keep record of Ben Vincent. Ben Vincent is going to go down in history as just a birth certificate and a death certificate, essentially, and, you know, whatever debts he left behind. No, I'm just, no that, 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 that part. But that's, you know, not much else besides that is going to go into our life, except for what we do for eternity. So the Pharisees had so much of an emphasis on the praise of men instead of on the eternal fruit. And they had allowed their pride to show. They loved to have people honor them and greet them and worship them for being a Pharisee. They loved to have these uppermost seats at feasts. They loved to have people look up to them and praise them. You know, their pride was so great. The main thing, though, that their pride accomplished in their lives was cause them to reject the Messiah. Because Jesus came to them, teaching them and showing them clearly that he truly was the Messiah. But because of their pride and their desire for power and authority and prestige, they rejected the Messiah. They loved to be the center of attention, of attraction. And because of this, they allowed themselves to be blinded or blind to the truths, blind to the prophecies that they had so studied. They were well aware of the prophecies of the Messiah. And they were blind to them because Jesus came along and he ruined their plans. You know, they had plans for great authority and great power. And Jesus all of a sudden comes and he ruins their plans for what they were going to do and how they were going to promote themselves. Their pride showed their true colors. They didn't care about the people, only that the people cared about them. So how about us? How often are we no different than the Pharisees when it comes to our own personal pride? Do we love it when we receive men's approval but get very upset when we don't? You know, I mean, it's one thing to get approval of men, but do we get upset when we don't receive that approval that we think we are deserving of? The things that we do for God, or supposedly do for God, is it really done for God and His glory, to glorify His name, or is it done for us, 
to have people give us praise and glory and honor. See, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were doing it for themselves in the name of God. How often do we find ourselves tempted to slip into that trap of doing things for ourselves in the name of God? We've got to be careful that we don't fall into that same area. Have we lost sight of the needs of others because we are so focused on ourselves, just as the Pharisees were? Can we be joyful in the success of others, the blessings of others, or does our covetous pride get upset when we see others become successful? Others take maybe some of that praise that we think we are deserving of. Do we get upset at that? If so, we have that same attitude of pride that the Pharisees did. Our pride can cause so much damage in our lives and in the lives of those around us. But just like the Pharisees, we love to be those who are others looked up to rather than those that others see Christ in us. Is that how we are? We shouldn't be. We should be those who want others to see Christ through us for Christ's honor and glory and not for ourselves. It's something that we need to be careful of and we need to repent of when we find ourselves in that condition. All right, the third woe that we'll talk about Today, as we're running out of time, is in verse 44. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. So now Jesus specifically goes to their area of hypocrisy. Now, all of these areas kind of intermingle, all three of these woes that Jesus is addressed here. But here Jesus specifically addresses the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. You know, the the Pharisees wanted everybody to believe that they were pure, through and through. Yet Jesus issues this woe to them. You know, he likens them to an unknown grave. And in Jewish law, if you came in contact with a grave or somebody that was dead, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you were unclean for a week. You were unclean for seven days. So Jesus is telling the Pharisees here that they are like this unknown grave where people who come in contact with them are now unclean because they came in contact with something that was dead. You know, that's a pretty harsh judgment that Jesus is giving to the Pharisees in regards to their hypocrisy. See, the Pharisees loved to appear spiritual on the outside, but there was no life to their spirituality on the inside. There was no life on the inside. It was all for show. It was all for praise. And it was dead. It was dead religion that the Pharisees were practicing. There was no life to their spiritual life. Not only was their spiritual life dead, because it was dead in them, though, Jesus addresses their hypocrisy because, because of their hypocrisy, because of their spiritual deadness, when they came in contact with these people that they were, that they were teaching, that they were instructing, that they were leading supposedly in the paths of what was right, they were becoming unclean because of their deadness. His hypocrisy was, is, has that effect, according to Jesus here, as he talks to the Pharisees, that their hypocrisy was causing others to be unclean because of their spiritual deadness. You know, hypocrisy, putting on a show, is something that uh, probably comes natural for, for humans. I mean, we, we grow up learning how to hide what we are truly feeling. And sometimes that's good. I mean, sometimes we don't need to show to other people exactly how we are feeling in a situation. I mean, there's also tactfulness and you know, other things that you need to take in mind. But when it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to how we are doing spiritually, we need to not, not be hip, hip, hypocritical in it. We need to make sure that we are right spiritually. That's what Jesus is pointing out. Not that you know, 
go show people how unspiritual you are. I mean, I'm not saying that's what you should do. You shouldn't go around saying, okay, I'm not spiritual, so I don't care. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and show everybody how unspiritual I am. I've heard people say that before. No, that's not right. I'm, I'm not saying that's right either. But Jesus is saying, you should appear to be right on the outside, but you need to most importantly be right on the inside as well. So if we're only right on the outside and not on the inside, we need to make sure that we get that corrected. We need to repent of our hypocrisy and make things right on the inside. Jesus issued this woe to the Pharisees, but we need to be aware of it as well. Is uncleanness of our heart shielded by our outside actions? Do we often try to cover our sins so that others will think that we are right even though we are not? So that others won't think less of us? Are we willing to make things right? This is the, the test of whether or not we're hypocritical or not. Are we willing to make things right when we do things wrong? Or when others find us doing things wrong? Are we willing to make things right or just, do we just pretend that we're always right? Do we always pretend that we're right or do we go to the level we need to to make things right for, with others, with God, in our own hearts? Are we dead spiritually? Maybe not unsaved, but dead spiritually as far as the Holy Spirit really has no influence in our life. Maybe we're just carnal, but we want everyone to think that we are okay. We need to look in our own heart and make sure that we are not, as the Pharisees were here, living that hypocritical life. Again, not so that we just say, okay, I give off putting on a show. I'm just going to be as bad as I want to be. No, we need to make it right on the inside. Woe to us in that case. So in conclusion, let's think about the three areas that we discussed quickly. You know, first of all, Jesus addressed with the Pharisees the, the essential things that they needed. The essential things. Are we doing the higher things? You know, right judgment, right justice, love of God, love of others. Are we doing those things as God commanded us to do? Or are we focused on the small things and giving off doing these other things just as Jesus talked with the Pharisees? Do we judge others by how they perform compared to us? Or do we judge ourselves as how we perform compared to Christ? Do we give, are we judgmental of others based on our standard? Or is it based on God's standard as well? These we should do and not leave the others undone. We should give our tithes. We should do the things that we need to do. We should come to church. But we shouldn't leave off these major areas when it comes to dealing with others and showing the love of God to others and, and doing what is right for others. It being true in our judgment and our justice for others. These are the things we shouldn't give off doing and still do the others. How about our pride? Is our pride dictating our activity, both in the church and outside the church? Are we more interested in our glory than in God's glory? If so, we need to repent of those attitudes of pride that we have in our own heart and get right in those areas. We need to have Jesus evident through us, not ourselves. Now, how about our hypocrisy? Are we dead or unclean on the inside, but we don't want others to know it? We don't want others to know the deadness Let's be clean on the inside of the cup as well as the outside, which is what Jesus first talked about as he addressed the Pharisees here in this passage, that you guys love to have the outside be clean, but the inside is unclean. We need to make sure that we are cleaning the inside. The outside will be clean if the inside is clean. 
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.